You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. My dear brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the feast of the transfiguration of our Lord. Our Lord was transfigured at the mountain. And the mountain has always, in Scripture, been a symbol where God reveals himself. We read that Moses went up Mount Sinai and the Lord showed forth his glory at the mountain. And when he came down, his face was radiant with the glory of God. Elijah too went to Mount Horeb and the name for Mount Sinai. And there he encountered the Lord in the silence of the wind. Jesus, we are told, he also went up the high mountain with Peter, James, and John. Often we think this mountain is Mount Tabo, but today scholars are doubtful it was Mount Tabo more likely Mount Hermont, because Mount Tabor was simply too far where Jesus revealed himself as a Christ six days earlier on. Regardless of where the transfiguration took place, it is not that important. What is important, of course, is what St. Peter tells us in today's first reading. It was not any cleverly, cleverly invented myth that we were repeating when we brought you the knowledge and the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had seen his majesty for ourselves. So for the three apostles, that event was real. It was not a make-up story. It was not some hallucination. It was really an event that three of them, not just one, three encountered that event. In the Bible, once again, when there are two or three witnesses, then, of course, that event is confirmed. What exactly happened at the Transfiguration? That we do not really know. Although the gospel speaks about Jesus, his clothings became dazzling white. In truth, every religious experience is beyond description. Those of us who have religious experiences, encounters with God, and we try to articulate to others who do not have that similar experience, they will not be able to understand what we are saying. They just remain words. Because an experience is something very deep, very personal. And even if we have similar experiences, all experiences in truth are unique. They are not exactly the same, even though the description might be the same, because each one of us experiences God in a very different way. 
So exactly what happened at the mountain top, we do not really know. The only thing we know is that they really saw the glory of God in our Lord Jesus when he was transfigured. But more importantly, we must always remember that when God gives us a religious encounter, a religious experience, in this case to the apostles Peter, James, and John, God doesn't reveal himself to us for the sake of publicity, or for the sake of uh, giving us some uh, consolation. Every religious encounter implies some form of revelation. That's why those of us who go after one religious experience after another, always going for more and more and more of these emotional experiences, you notice their lives hardly changed. They become inward-looking. They become judgmental. And they think they are very holy because they have all these visions. Actually, the truth is, as what Immanuel Kant always said, a perception without experience is empty. But experience without perception is blind. No point having so many religious experiences when we do not know the meaning behind these experiences. And so it was important, therefore, for the apostles Peter, James, and John to understand what they saw. And again, it's good for us to take note. It took time. They did not immediately understand what they saw. In fact, we are told that when they came down from the mountain, Jesus warned them to tell no one what they had seen. And they observed warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. They were still not too clear. They couldn't make the full sense of that vision. And again, it's very true in our own common religious experience. When we have religious experiences, it does not mean to say immediately we have the full revelation. In fact, it takes time for us to understand the depth, the full meaning of the experience. This is true not just only in religious experience, also in human life. All of us have negative experiences, positive experiences in life. Sometimes it takes many years for us to learn to appreciate what happened and to be able to understand the divine plan behind all these past events. Events take time to unravel itself. Understanding takes time. It doesn't happen immediately. And what is understood then is just but the beginning. So, you can see Peter, James, and John, they were actually reflecting on this event. Over and over again, they have 
This event was in their mind all the time. What exactly happened? Why did it happen? What did it mean when God said to the apostles, this is my son, the, the beloved, listen to him. What did it mean that Jesus appeared with Moses and Elijah? It would have set them thinking, what are these implications? And that is why in the letter of Peter, he was explaining his realization of what it really meant for them. It took time. Only after the resurrection could they make sense of the transfiguration of our Lord, not before the resurrection. That is why Jesus told them, don't tell anyone, because they would not understand. They would give the wrong message, the wrong interpretation. And this is true for many of us. Whenever we have religious experiences, don't be too quick huh, to tell everybody, I've seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's more for our ego. Unless we enter into deep prayer, go for spiritual counseling, to try to discern whether it is really from God. And what is that message that the Lord wants us to share. You notice that when God reveals his vision to the saints, when there is an apparition, it's not to entertain the saints, you know. God is not so free. I think Mary is so free to entertain the, the visionaries. That is not the purpose. When Mary, when Jesus appeared, there is always a message a message that is linked to our salvation. That is why we have to be very careful when we reflect on our own religious experiences. And so, today, the scripture reading tells us the main message is that Jesus precisely he is the promised one. Jesus is the promised one in continuity of the Old Testament. He's the eschatological prophet. That is why Moses appeared with him. We have Elijah. Elijah is a symbol of prophet. And we are told very clearly the prophet Malachi spoke of the day will come when the messenger of the Lord will be sent. And John and Elijah would be the one who would prepare for the coming of the messenger. Elijah, the symbol of the prophet. Moses, of course, did warn the people in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, a prophet will come after me. You must listen to him. And of course, we are told Jesus is the new Moses. The lawgiver, Moses was the lawgiver, but Jesus was the one who taught, the one who gave them bread from heaven. So the symbol of Elijah and Moses were very important. And not only that, 
at the transfiguration, Jesus was revealed as my son, in whom I am well pleased. And again, repeated by St. Peter, the true identity of Jesus is that he is the son of God, and therefore we should listen to him. And truly, my dear brothers and sisters, the transfiguration reveals to Peter, James, and John and confirms his true identity as the word of God. And most of all, as the one who comes to give us fullness of life. And that is why St. Paul, St. Peter speaks about the second coming. For those of us who are seeking for faith, seeking for direction, certainty, then this transfiguration would indeed be a reminder of what we are called to be. We are called to share in the sonship of Christ so that we too would be transfigured like him, sharing his glory and sharing in the fullness of life. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.